Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey guys, welcome back to Girls Next Level. This is episode four. Yeah, and I'm nervous about this one, A, because it's about a certain time in our life that wasn't that pleasant, but also because I really want to tell the story to you guys in a way where you can feel the intensity of what we felt. You know what I mean? Because this episode is kind of all about bullying and like the interpersonal dynamics between the girlfriends who lived at the Playboy Mansion. And you have to understand that everything we're going to talk about was a little bit amplified because we lived in a bubble. Right. We were in a situation that we were financially dependent on. You know, we had a lot of, we were invested in the situation and everything in our life kind of depended on the opinion of one man. So when you live in that kind of a bubble, any kind of drama you go through can feel amplified. Okay, first of all, guys, just so you know, the cast of characters we're about to talk about, it gets a little confusing. Yes. There are just so many women involved in this situation, and there was such a turnover. So in some cases, we might be using real names if we think it's appropriate. In some cases, we might be using like fake names or nicknames for certain people. But it's not really important who did what. It's just important what happened and how that shaped us and got us to where we were on the show. Exactly. So one of the girls who lived there had a lot of side hustles going on. Right. Like she'd been there for a while. She really wanted to be a playmate. He wasn't making the girlfriend's playmates anymore. And I think she was just kind of like salty about the situation a little bit and was going into this. Okay, well, I'm going to make money off of this no matter how I can. Which in a way is like amazing, get your bag. But some of her side hustles were detrimental to other people. For example, there was this whole like escorting scandal where like she was recruiting all the women who were coming to be playmates, trying to get as many of them to sign up for this escort service as she could. I'm like, if you want to work as an escort, more power to you. But I have not so great feelings about people who try to recruit people into it especially in that situation because I know there's so many women who are literally fresh off the bus from like Idaho or wherever and don't know what they're getting into and they're kind of sold a bill of goods like oh there's no sex involved when there really is or oh are you just looking for a sugar daddy when really it's not that so there was that side hustle and also she did this thing where she started a website and she would put nudes that Hef took of the girls because he would take nudes of us in the limo like when people were messed up or in the bedroom and then he would make copies of them and pass them out to all the girls who were out with us that night and she would take those photos and put them on the website without the girls consent she would put like videos she took of the other girls nude on the website without their consent and making money off it yeah so I went to Hef one day and I was like hey can you stop making copies of the nudes and handing them out to everybody. And he's like, what? Why would I do that? Like, heaven forbid he be inconvenienced. And I was like, well, you know, people are taking the pictures and using them. No, what? What could it possibly be? So to convince him, I had to tell him what was going on. 
but he went down to that girl's room and confronted her and told her to take the website down, which that part was good. But then he told her that I was the one who told on her, which is so messed up. And he knows what he's doing when he's doing stuff like that. So that girl had her claws out for me bad after that. And she's an intimidating person. Oh, she got in my face. She came into the master bathroom, got in my face. And then there was another side hustle she had that I didn't even know about. So you tell that story. Yeah, because it involves me. And I, I alluded this to this, I think, in the last episode where I said there was like more coming where I felt like I was being set up for things. And this is this is where it is. So I um, was called in one day to this person's room. And she was like, um, hey, I was just curious if you have um, put anybody on your guest list for the upcoming party yet. And I was like, guest list? I didn't even know I had a guest list. And yeah. She, she was like, oh, yeah, each of the girlfriends has, like, a guest list where you can, like, invite people to the parties. And I was like, I do? I didn't even know. So in my head, I'm thinking, oh, my God, like, I, there's people, I, friends and family that I would love to experience a party. And she's like, well, if you haven't put anybody on your list yet, I just wanted um, to know if we could have your spots because I can give you money for them. Like, I have people that want to buy those spots from there that can't get in the party any other way and I was like uh wait and I, I was just still like reeling that I had uh, yeah wait I've been to several parties now I had no idea I had like that's <laughs> what I'm thinking about you know like, like I can invite my family cool yeah it's exactly what I was thinking and she's like well um some of the other girls are doing it and one of them got like a, a Rolex watch and and then like some girls got like $1,500 for a spa or whatever and you know there's a couple people we want to add to the list and stuff and I was like oh uh and I was sitting there just, I, I didn't even know how to respond because like, is this something that we can do? Like, do we really have a guest list? Like, I'm so confused right now. So as you all know, I was friends with Mary beforehand. So I went and asked Mary about it because if I have a guest list, there's people I want to invite. And how yeah. do I not know about this? Well, I know how I didn't know because nobody tells you these yeah. things. <laughs> but, um, but here's another thing that I'm just now learning. So I go to Mary and I said, Mary, is it true that we have a guest list for the parties? Like I can invite like four or five people. And she was like, who's telling you this? And I said, oh, uh, well, I was just curious because somebody mentioned it. And I, if, if it's true, like I have family and friends that I would like to invite. And she's like, close the door. And I was like, uh. oh, no. <laughs> when Mary tells you to close the door, you know it's on. Yeah, your heart like <laughs> drops. And you're like, oh, shit. So I shut the door. And she's like, sit down. Who asked you about this? And so I told her. And she's like, what did she ask you? And I said, she just said that if I didn't use up all of my spots yet, that she had some people that she wanted to put on my list. And she's like, that's weird. Like, and she was like questioning me and stuff. And so finally I just had to tell her everything that was going on. I'm like, well, I guess like, you know, they get, people are paying to be on the spots or whatever. And she was like, okay, thank you very much. That That's all I need to know. And I never got an answer whether like I had a guest list or didn't have a guest list. Yeah. So then like I went back to my room and I was like a little, like didn't, I didn't feel right about it. Cause obviously First of all, I never meant to like rat somebody out. I just wanted yeah. to know, do we really have a guest list? And now like, now I feel like I'm caught up in the middle of something where somebody's about to get in trouble for it. Do and you feel like maybe Mary or somebody had an inkling that something was already going on? I have no idea. Because doesn't didn't... it seem like you asked about the guest list, she like, shut the door. Yeah, <laughs> because... When she found out who told me about the guest list, she was already like on guard about it. Oh. So I feel like she, they maybe had some speculation that something was mm -hmm. going on, but 
Um, I was also worried about it because they wanted me to put guys on the list. And I know how yeah. hard that is, too. So that's why, the other reason why I was wondering. Like, they, I, I want to bring my brother to a mm-hmm. party. I want to bring, you know, there's, if the, we can do guys, too. Like, like, I just wanted more information yeah. on this. So then I'm, like, stressing out and I'm back in my room and stuff. And then at some point, Mary calls me and asks me to come back down to the office. So I'm, like, just panicking. Going to the principal's office. Yeah. <laughs> and I go back down there. And Hef is sitting in there. And she tells me to shut the door. And I'm just like, oh my God, I just don't want to be part of this at all. Forget I ever said anything. Yeah. Like, I don't want to bring anybody to the mansion. Like, never mind. <laughs> and they have me sit down and she's like, tell Hef what you told me earlier. And I said, um, well, I was just curious if there's a guest <laughs> list for the party because so-and-so told me that we each have a guest list where we can bring a certain amount of people. And and if that's the case and there's people that I'd like to invite, um, and he was like, why is she asking you that? And I said, well, because she wanted to add people to my list if I wasn't going to use mm-hmm. them. And he's like, in return for what? And I said, for money or... Yeah, they knew. They they had, they had must have had a suspicion what was going on. And you were just the first person that they could find that might tell them. Yeah. And I said, like, for money or watches or just things. I don't know. I We didn't go into detail what I would get for mm-hmm. it. But um, I just know that she said that's... Some of the other girls got like a watch and some girls were getting like a couple thousand dollars for a spot. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what all that is. I just, yeah. you know, and he was like, well, thank you so much for telling me this. Like your uh, your I forget exactly how he said it, but like your status just went up like a whole bunch of points in my book Ooh. for telling me this. And I that felt good, but like, I didn't feel good. Like I never meant to be like a narc or a rat on something. But at this point I was kind of pissed because I felt like I had been set up now. Yeah. And just to be clear, like the girl who told you about that, she didn't ever say to you and don't tell anybody, don't tell half. So like you didn't know you were narking necessarily. No, I thought this was something that was known that people were doing. Yeah. Like it was just a side hustle. Like if you weren't going to use your tickets, like you could, I don't know but like I so I had really really mixed feelings at the time like yes I'm happy that Hef is happy that I said something that I didn't know I was saying yeah (laughs) and I'm all but I'm also now scared to death because this girl's gonna get in trouble and this is not somebody I want to be messing with because she was the bully of all bullies a hundred percent and I just up to that point I we had had a good relationship as far as I knew like we'd gotten along I felt Mm -hmm. like she was one of the people that advocated for me to even start coming out in the first place yeah and like I just didn't want to um I just didn't want things to be bad between us you know and so I was really really worried about it and uh it I don't know what happened exactly I know everybody was called in and everybody had to like uh talk about what was going on and that that ringleader of that ended up getting kicked out over it yeah well the interesting thing was when all this was happening I had just got my flu shot that year and it made me really sick like it kind of gave me the flu so I'm laying in bed trying to get as much rest as possible because the Halloween party's coming up and I'm so sick I can't even lift my head up off the pillow so all of a sudden the ringleader and like a couple of other girls that were involved in the whole thing also selling their ticket slots bust into the room and they're like honey and I'm like laying in bed like croaking like he's in the library and then she starts screaming he's in the library 
like really screechy voice. And, and then she comes up to the bed and starts screaming at me. Like she thought I told, even though I didn't know anything about this story because I'd been sick the whole time. And not only that, but like they already didn't like me and already had me pegged as like a narc just because I'm like the goody two shoes who like is always in by curfew and stuff like that. So nobody had even approached me about selling tickets, but for some reason they blamed me and said I told on them. So that sucked. Yeah, for sure. And then they like slammed the door real loud when they left and they all went out and got Playboy Bunny tattoos on their ankle because they were trying to like kiss Hef's ass and like try to get him to let them stay. Yeah. At first he wasn't going to kick. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Anybody out over it. And I told him what happened with the ringleader when she came in and was like yelling at me. And he goes, you know... Well, the only reason I keep her around is because other girls seem to like her, meaning like she recruits other girls into the bedroom. And I'm just feeling like this place is so miserable. Like he knows that girl just came in and yelled in my face for no reason. And I just got to put up with her and this sucks. But eventually he came around and decided to kick her out, but he just kicked her out. The other girls who also got caught in the situation and are convinced I told on them for some reason are still in the house, still pissed at me. It's still a hostile environment. So it just like sucked all the way through. I was so scared. I literally felt like my physical safety was threatened. Like I actually thought that they might beat me up. No, I felt like that too. Cause a couple of them kind of had like that thug energy. Mm-hmm. And when I was laying in bed sick and she came up next to the bed and was like yelling at me, I would not have been surprised if fists started flying. Like that was just the vibe. Yeah, I really, I was really scared. And and the whole thing sucked because I never meant for it to turn into that. Like, I wasn't trying to be that person. Yeah. Like, you know, and then, and it just turned out that way. And I never did invite anybody to that party. So let's talk about your first Christmas at the mansion. This was Christmas 2002. This was my second Christmas. And gift-wise, it wasn't as good. See, I didn't know any better. Yeah. I I did not know, like, what people got before. Honestly, I really didn't care. I I know people probably won't believe me, but I wasn't there for, like, the material things and stuff. I I swear to you when I say my motivation was playmate always (laughs) always and 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 an amazing time and and cool experiences and once in a lifetime type of thing going on and so when Christmas rolled around I heard that there was tons of gifts and stuff and I mean if anything that sounded a little scary to me just because I didn't know how to do that in return for people and but I thought it was a ton of gifts. I mean, there was a mm-hmm. trash bag. And when I say trash bag, it's like a cute trash bag, like a yeah. Christmas <laughs> trash bag, but like a four foot, three and a half foot, I don't know, whatever tall. That's the size of a person. Yeah. <laughs> Get a human in that bag. Giant bag just filled with stuff and then stockings that were overstuffed with stuff. Plus you get gifts from every single girl there. Yeah, Which is amazing, but it wasn't what that first Christmas was like when he gave us all that money to buy gifts. It was like designer purses and bags. 
And I didn't really think much of it either. Like, yeah, it was kind of like a bummer that it wasn't as good of a Christmas, but I honestly wasn't, I, my head was just in another place at that point. Like I was going through so much mental and emotional turmoil that I did not give a shit about Christmas really. But there were some other people who were definitely upset. Oh yeah. Cause there was this one girl who I'll call the lurker. Cause she was kind of hanging around going out with us. She wasn't a girlfriend, but I think she was trying to be back in my early, early days. So she knew what everybody got for Christmas. She knew the whole rundown. So when they didn't get that, they got pissed. Yeah. I mean, I thought some of the stuff was cute. Like there was some Sephora gift sets Mm -hmm. just to give people an idea of what was in this bag. Like some Sephora gift sets, which were really, uh, some of them were super cute. And uh, then there was like like a few Playboy things, but not a ton. This is before he went into too much Playboy swag. And then a lot of stuff was like trinkety things from like catalogs, like mail order stuff. Like weird old lady stuff kind of. (laughs) Yeah, like a wind chime or a little hummingbird thing that you would just set on your shelf or like a tiny little jewelry box that would fit like a couple pairs of earrings. It was like think a cheaper version of the Scully and Scully catalog if anybody gets that. I don't think that's even a common catalog, so I'm probably like... (laughs) I don't even know what that is. I'm speaking to a niche audience, but um, yeah, it was just interesting. And the other girls weren't happy about it. And I remember one day, Ashley and I were at Disneyland, and I got a phone call from the lurker. And she was like, hey, can you talk to Hef about getting us better Christmas presents next year? Because, you know, maybe we want like a nice jacket instead of like all those random trinkets. And I'm just like, "Uh, okay... And I'm thinking, I'm not going to talk to him about it. Like, I got my head bit off the only time I ever tried to advocate for somebody to have. And it just didn't go well. And plus, like like I said, I was going through so much mentally and emotionally. Like, I don't care. That's not the battle I want to fight. But they hated me because I wouldn't go and ask for money for them. Or better Christmas gifts. Yeah. <laughs> So by the time the last set of seven girls that we'd have to live with was established, things were kind of bleak at the mansion compared to how it could be. Not just because we weren't getting along with them, but like he wasn't like making any of the girls playmates or there wasn't really any like cool opportunities happening. So it's just like, I think a lot of those girls were bored and like the claws came out. Is that what it was? Boredom? I think that was part of it. They just didn't know what to do. They're like, we're here for something and we're going to get it. So with the boredom and with things not really going on, I feel like the hierarchy became way more of a sticking point than ever. Like they got really insane to the point where they would insist that one of the other girls had like a minute more of seniority than Bridget and stick her in between me and Bridget because they didn't want me to like have a friend. They wanted to isolate me because they wanted me out of there so they could put somebody else in my place, somebody who could probably hustle more money out of Hef. I don't know. But they would stick a girl in between us. So like if we all went out to a restaurant for dinner, I'm stuck in between Hef and somebody who hates me, who I don't want to talk to. And it just made the whole experience so much more miserable. Like I feel like I would have been so much more happy there if we could have like stood next to each other or sat next to each other half the time. Yeah, like there was no reason why we shouldn't have been able to – 
sit by each other in a restaurant or sit by each other at a club or by the pool or any of those things. Yeah, they wouldn't even let you sit in their spot if they weren't there. Like for the pool parties is a perfect example because I would be on the lawn chair next to Hef's backgammon table and then all the other ones would be empty and they didn't want to come down to fun in the sun. But if Bridget sat next to me, you bet they're peering out their windows and they'd come marching down and start a thing over it. Yeah, so I wasn't allowed to sit next to Holly, so I would have to either like share her pool chair with her, like squeeze in there with her, or like just pull up a chair next to her, like a regular chair, not a pool chair. But eventually I just went out and bought my own pool chair, like a cheapo one from Target. And I brought it down and I just plopped it next to her. I'm like, there, I'm not taking anybody else's chair. And Holly and I get to sit by each other and chat. And it's so weird to me that Hef wouldn't notice that and be like, wait, why are you bringing this like plastic folding chair when there's all these chairs he never once said a word about it it's so weird and the only thing I can think about that is he knew what was going on and he loved the fact that people were fighting over who got to sit next to him I at the time I never even thought about it but it also happened in the buffet like at the dining room table so we would be you know you were on one side of Hef and then there'd be two chairs on the other side of Hef completely empty because none of the girls wanted to come down to buffet dinner and And he never said Bridget sit over here I feel like he did say it a couple of times but I mean this is a couple of times out of what like almost two years you know and and I was just like oh no mm -mm." (laughs) so he was aware of the hierarchy and he didn't do anything to like stamp out the bullshit that went along with it no but eventually I just grabbed a folding chair and pulled it in between you and Ray Anthony I don't think Ray Anthony minded no not at all probably could have sat on his lap he would have been yeah he might have been more happy (laughs) so I know people are going to ask well why didn't you try to get along with the other girls and we did it was just impossible like especially you Bridget because you would like suggest to some of them like oh let's go hiking or let's go do our makeup we would go hiking and we'd have like a really nice time and then the second we got back home the shit would start right back up again and I think that the people that I did things with would actually kind of get in trouble or get shit for doing stuff with me yeah because then the other girls would get pissed yeah and be like well why were you hanging out with her so we would go hiking sometimes and then other times like I would be like oh uh, I want to learn how you do your makeup like I really like how you do it and like just different things like that like I was trying to engage people and like feel like it's not so bad like we can all get along but that literally the second and even though we had a great time at it the second it was over it would just go right back that's crazy sometimes worse because they were even the rest of them were even more pissed yeah because then they were threatened Mm -hmm. but I remember there was this one time where we all called a meeting in one of the bedrooms to talk about like why don't we all get along? Like, what's what's this, you know? I wasn't invited to this meeting. I don't remember who started it or what, but yeah, I was down. I was like, yeah, we should get along. Like, I feel like, you know, in the past, you know, have had girlfriends that got along and, you know, they look like they had a great life from what I can tell. But I found out later because one of the girls publicly admitted it that they were recording me without my knowledge the whole time. And the whole reason they called that meeting was because they wanted to try and catch me saying something about Hef that they could take back to him and be like, oh, look, she said this. Let's kick her out, which is like insane. But I'm so glad that person came out and admitted that publicly because now I know I'm not crazy. Like they for sure were trying to get me kicked out. That's just such on another level, too, to be doing that kind of stuff. And it didn't have to be done because some of the girls in the group were nice. Like, every once in a while, there'd be a girl like Crystal Camden who's just kind of, like, friends with everybody. Yeah. 
or there was a girl named Lana who was actually friends with those other girls, but she was always nice to me. Like she wasn't a bitch. Yeah, ever. she was super nice to me too. I still run into her sometimes and and totally friendly. Yeah. So some girls were nice, but there were three that kind of banded together and really it just became like two opposing sides. It was like me and you on one side and those three girls on the other. Mm-hmm. And it was just like there was no getting along after a certain point. And you wonder if anybody's asking like, well, why did they hate you so much? I mean, my answer is they hated me because they thought I was somehow standing in the way of them getting more money from Hef. And why do you think they hated you? Just because you were my friend? Well, I think that they hated me. I think they hated both of us because we did go to the movies and the all of Hef's it made schedule. Them look bad. <laughs> and it made them look bad that we did all that kind of stuff. But also there was the Stacy thing we talked about in the last episode. The Stacy thing and the well, they don't think they knew about the tickets, but the Stacy thing for sure. They thought I was the. They thought I deliberately tattled on the tickets when I didn't even know about it. So that's probably another reason they hated me too. But jokes on them (laughs) I feel like they just didn't like me period like they never even really gave me a chance well they thought they were really cool like you know they thought we were so nerdy and so dorky and shit like that which I don't give a shit but they thought they were so cool Mm mm-hmm And when we were in this situation where everything felt kind of heightened it was also amplified because I think we always felt like we were more justified in our position just because we were always very respectful of Hef and, you know, we always tried to play by the rules. Like my attitude back then was, if you're going to share your lifestyle with me, then I'm going to have your back. Yeah. And I did have his back 100%. Like looking back now, do I think he always deserved that? Because he certainly didn't have mine. No. But at the time, I was doing what I thought was the right thing. Like I had his back 100% and I was super loyal. Yeah, we were excited about the schedule. We attended everything. Like we just 100% had his back and they weren't like that and I'm not even talking about like I don't care if they don't like old movies or don't want to go to the thing but they would be like really rude to him and disrespectful Mm -hmm. or they'd like come up and give him a kiss on the cheek and the second they turn around they're like sputtering and wiping their mouths and making gagging noises mm -hmm, like they're about to throw up and he wouldn't see that but we would and they would think they were so funny and cute for doing those kinds of things yeah and they were just so over the top materialistic And also, I felt justified, too, because I was there first. And I'm several years younger than them. Like, I feel like there's a big maturity difference between being 22 and, like, 28. And and I don't have my own apartment or a boyfriend on the side or a husband on the side like a lot of them did. And they don't care that I have nowhere else to go. They don't care that I'm that much younger than them. They just, they're just like, sorry, bitch, we want to get you pushed out so we can take over. So, of course, I feel justified holding my ground. You know what I mean? Speaking of excess materialism, didn't they, like, get pissed at you because you didn't, like, buy a bunch of junk at the zoo or something stupid like that? Oh, yeah. this I was still fairly new. We went to the zoo the first summer I was there, and it was an amazing trip to the zoo. It was, like, backstage, and we got to pet baby animals and feed them and do all kinds of amazing things. Mm-hmm. And then um, at the end of the trip, we go into the, the – they demand to go into the gift shop, and they are just piling up all of this LA Zoo merchandise, <laughs> like just like handfuls and throwing it on the counter and then going back and shopping some more. And I just thought, 
what the heck? Like, what do they need all this stuff for? Yeah, because it wasn't really the type of stuff you would think those girls would be into, really. No, it's stuffed animals and L.A. Zoo sweatshirt or T-shirt or, you know, just like it's gift shop stuff. (laughs) And I wasn't collecting anything. I was just kind of walking around. And one of the girls came up to me and said that I needed to start shopping. Like, what was I going to get? And I said, I'm not really, you know, interested in any of this stuff. And she got mad at me and said, you have to get at least some stuff. It makes the rest of us look bad. And so I was like, oh. So, it's just so wasteful. It's just dumb. Yeah, so I ended up getting like a this pink flamingo that I still have today and it's really cute and it's like two feet tall. It stands on its own. But like, it's, did I need a pink flamingo? No. <laughs> did I feel like I had to? Yes, I had to get something. Yeah, and they did it at Disneyland too, right? Yeah, then we go to Disneyland like a few months later and same thing happens. We... They want to go to every single store at the end, and they're just, like, loading up. I mean, I got to cut in and say I was one of the ones loading up. (laughs) But that's my thing, though. Like, I genuinely, like, if I have a chance to have a shopping spree at a Disney park, I will take it. I don't think any of the other girls cared about Disney, though. They don't care. Not that I know of, but they were certainly interested in collecting all the stuff yeah (laughs) and I think I got like a again I was warned that I should I needed to shop and so I just picked out like a picture frame because we had taken so many pictures that day I knew that I would have something to put in that frame yeah so you guys are probably wondering okay you're complaining about these mean girls but why was it so bad what did they do and Bridget I don't know how you feel but for me I feel like a lot of their behaviors were just very destabilizing to me, especially since I'm already living in this bubble where I have no privacy and I'm just under the microscope with half already. So when you have people like starting rumors about you and trying to get you kicked out or like listening at your door and eavesdropping and constantly like whispering about you under your breath and talking shit talking shit in the bedroom it's just it's constant and when they would talk under their breaths in front of Hef he can't really hear that well I think he was almost deaf in one ear so they could get away with that and I can't really do anything because if I were going to be like what the fuck did you just say or something then it looks like you're starting it yeah it looks like I'm starting it Hef would be like what the fuck so they knew they could get away with it they knew I wasn't gonna say shit but it's still fucked up yeah, and you can see their smugness, and they, they think that they're so cool by doing it. And it's just little things like that that are always stabbing at you. And Bridget, they started rumors about you like crazy trying to get you kicked out. I know with me, I had two friends from high school who were on vacation in California. They went to a party, and they ran into one of the girls at the party and recognized her from like two minutes on MTV Cribs or something like that. And they went up to her, and they go, oh, we know Holly. She lives at the mansion. And that girl said, I will give you $5,000 if you can give me any dirt on Holly. And they were like, uh, we don't really know anything. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, they started lots of rumors about me. I mean, one rumor was that uh, my sister was actually my daughter. That is crazy. That's wild. Yeah, and that got so out of control to the point where like somebody from um, the tabloids went to my hometown of Lodi, like went out to my parents' house. And they live out in the country, they right? So this was some effort involved. Down a long dirt road. And my stepdad just happened to be outside and saw this random car coming down the driveway, thought somebody was lost and was like, what are you doing here? And he was like, well, I came to talk to you guys about Anastasia being um, Bridget's daughter. 
And they were just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he ended up going to the courthouse and pulling her birth certificate and telling my parents, uh, there's clearly no story here. It's obviously, you know, her sister. So sorry to bother you. But uh, yeah. But Some that's how crazy investigative journalism going on there. Yeah. And then they like, they were trying to say that I was a stripper. And I have nothing against strippers. Like, I think it's amazing. I wish I could dance like that. But I was never a stripper. Like, I didn't even have time to be a stripper. Yeah, it's crazy. See, like, just to clarify for you guys, if I'm ever talking about anything like, oh, Hef had a rule that strippers couldn't be playmates. It's not because I have a problem with strippers or look down on strippers or anything like that. But those are those are his rules. And I think they're interesting because they're kind of hypocritical. But the thing is, is the reason that rumor is offensive is because I know what they were trying to do with that rumor. Because Hef didn't want strippers as playmates and you wanted to be a playmate. So they want to start a rumor that you were a stripper. So it's offensive because I know what they were trying to do. And then that rumor got legs. They also started a rumor that you were dating the manager that you met when you came to your first right. playboy party. And that goes on to, like, I still, when I see people make TikToks about, oh, who are the girls next door? Like, I'll hear people say that as if it's, like, fact. And I'm like... Neither of those things are true. And it's just ridiculous how, I don't know. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of rumors. And and they also tried to say that I was older than I was. They kept like acting like I was lying about my age. Because also another thing is like unofficially playmates kind of weren't supposed to be over 28. And I don't think you even were at that time, but they were probably trying to act like you were older or something. And I mean, every once in a while there would be a playmate that was over 28, but it was rare. So it was just like anything they could think of. I also think they didn't know that Hef knew you were married because I heard them try to make comments about that sometimes too. Which is totally ridiculous. Like I never would have been comfortable living with like that kind of lie. Yeah. Like I told Hef that I was legally still married and he was like, so am I. Yeah. (laughs) What's the big deal? Like, obviously, we were separated, and he was separated. Yeah. And just the eavesdropping was out of control. There would be times when, you know, you and I would go out to lunch during the day so we could discuss things and not have the fear of that somebody is lurking outside your door listening. Because I remember there was this one time I was talking to you in your room, and all of a sudden, the door bursts open, and one of the girls comes in, and she's screaming at me, like, how dare you say what you were saying? And I wasn't even saying anything bad. I was just saying they were being rude in front of my face again, and I don't know how much longer I can take this or stay here. <laughs> yeah, the eavesdropping was really bad. I mean, I know that they were listening in outside of my room when we were talking, when I was on the phone with my mom, because they would say little digs later about things that I said in my in the privacy of my own room. And then obviously one of them came busting in that one time, which was so scary. And then I started like feeling like I needed to lock my door. Yeah, that was when you started locking your door. I remember that. Yeah, because I actually felt physically threatened by them. There were times I felt like that, like one of them got in like a fist fight in one of the nightclub bathrooms one of the nights we went out and one of them, like they weren't ever violent with us, but I heard about them like hitting each other in the back of the head or like clawing each other in the limo. Oh, I watched one of the girls totally tackle Crystal down and rip her shirt off and like get in a, like a kind of a wrestling, tackling, like weird assault and it wasn't like a sexual thing right it was like no a, oh my god it wasn't sexual I what well, I don't think I don't know <laughs> yeah, what don't it was like all of us thought it just kind of came out of nowhere it was very weird and very scary but back to the eavesdropping mm-hmm. thing too like I was sitting in my room one time and I was venting and the person I was venting to kind of was like on both sides of 
yeah um, trying to get along with everybody yeah and she said shh and I said what and she said they're listening that is so creepy like people under the stairs shit yeah and she's like you have to be quiet they they can hear you like you have to be you can't talk about this stuff here and then that's when I was like oh my god we have to like leave the property to talk about stuff and the same when I would talk to like Crystal or Stacy and I wanted to vent to them mm-hmm. I was like no we have to go on a hike or we need to go for yeah. a walk at the park or we got to get off the property because they are listening to us I was even paranoid when we would go to restaurants I would always kind of like talk under my breath or look around because you just don't know who might be at a local restaurant that might know one of those girls I don't know for sure. I mean, that's a little over paranoid of me, but still, that's how I felt. That's how I felt too. I felt like nothing was safe. Not, not my. I, I didn't think anything I said was safe. I felt like my physical safety was threatened. Mm-hmm. Everything. I, I really felt like I was walking on eggshells. I think one of the craziest things one of them ever did, I'm going to call her rodeo girl, mm. because this whole incident happened when we all, with Hef, went out to dinner at the Saddle Ranch one night and... This one girl decided to ride the bull, which is no big deal. Like, we did that all the time. Yeah. And then the next morning, Hef comes up to me and he goes, did you drug Rodeo Girl's drink? He didn't say Rodeo Girl, obviously. I'm just plugging that name in there. But I was like, wait, what? And he goes, she says that she's really embarrassed about riding the bull last night. And she only did it because you and Bridget drugged her drink. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? First of all, we're the two biggest nerds in the house. We don't even know where to get drugs. Like, I'm certainly not raiding Hef's Quaalude closet. You know what I mean? Plus, we were in this crowded restaurant at this huge table with all these girls. If somebody wanted to drug a drink there, they'd have to be real slick. When you came in and told me, you're like, you're not going to believe what Hef just asked me. My jaw was to the floor. Like, how I didn't couldn't even wrap my head around how we could possibly be being accused of something like this. Well, it's a fucked up thing to accuse somebody of. It's illegal. <laughs> you know, it's putting somebody's life possibly in danger. And like, I it's felt not like cool. it came absolutely out of nowhere. It did. I don't even remember her riding the bull being a thing. I don't remember anyone making fun of her. I don't remember anything I, off about that night. I don't remember her acting weird or drunk or drugged in any way, shape, or form. And after I told Hef no, he kind of smirked and was like, that's what I thought. I just had to ask. I'm thinking, but did you? I mean, I guess it's fair if you want to try and be fair is fair with everybody to ask. But it's like I'd been with this guy for like three years or something at this point. Like every day for three years, literally every day. You don't know anything about my character. And I'm supposedly the love of your life that you want to spend the rest of your life with. But I have to keep living with this girl who just accused me of drugging her drink. Yeah. One of the last things they did before they were kicked out was remember when they boycotted my birthday? Oh, yeah. But it was also the greatest thing ever. (laughs) Oh, I know. Because then we could actually have a fun day. But the reason that is so weird is because anytime a girl had a birthday at the mansion, we'd always like celebrate it by like everybody goes out to the restaurant of their choice. You'd come back and get like a sheet cake and pour some champagne or whatever. But even if it was a girl you hated, you always went out and got her like a little gift and a card and stuff. Like everybody celebrated everybody's birthday. But when my birthday rolled around, they just all boycotted and did not show up. And I think it was just me, you, Crystal, maybe like, I think Ashley came along yeah, with think us. Yeah, Ashley. And it was great because we could actually have a fun day and not deal with them. But I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to send a message like, we're not the problem, Holly's the problem. Because look, everybody hates her. Because they would also like go and like 
get their caricatures drawn as a group, like all of them, and just leave us out. And then they'll like frame the picture and give it to Hef. And, and I know the message is, look at this. This is the group. Don't you love this group? Yeah, and they would include the like kind of on the fence girls too. Yeah, they'd go out of their way to include them. But just not you and Even I. like the girls they also talked shit about. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was crazy. But strangely enough, as well, before you say that, I want to uh-huh. say, but on the other hand, you were still including them in like photo sessions. Like, oh, yeah. Like it's impossible to figure out what to get Hef. Like I know a million people ask, what do you get Hef yeah. for holidays or birthdays or whatever? And the answer is pictures usually. And we would do like, you would always organize group photos and include everybody. And retouch them. Oh, I didn't even know that part. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until. I, sh- I should have left a few people unretouched. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. Yeah, you know, I would get everybody together and we'd all like wear kind of like color coordinated dresses and take pictures because I felt like if I did that, like if I just took you and did a picture and gave it to half, they'd be like, well, well, why aren't you including all the other girls? Like I felt like I couldn't have got away with it. I would have been given like the guilt trip. He absolutely would have guilted us for not including the other girls. But when they did it to us, it was okay. Yeah, it was fucked up. And as stressful as all of that was, ironically, I think it... Well, I know that it was a big factor in why I stayed as long as I did. Like, there's a lot of reasons I stayed as long as I did. But part of it is because, you know, when you're young and being bullied, what's the first thing your parents tell you? Don't back down. Don't let them win. Stand your ground. I felt like if I were to just throw up my hands and leave, then that's just giving them what they want. That's letting them win. And I did not want to do that. I felt that way too. The meaner they were, the more I dug my heels in. Me too. Like there, when people say, well, why didn't you leave? A, I did. I mean, I know if it was after a long time, but I did leave. But also there were quite a few times leading up to it where I was really close. Like there was a time where I even wrote half a long letter saying like, this is why I'm leaving and everything. Like I was ready to go. But at the last minute, he kind of swooped in and was like, oh, well, if this really bothers you, then yeah, I guess that girl doesn't have to move in and would kind of like swoop and make it better at the last minute. So I think... That's kind of one of the reasons why people stay longer is because you're hoping things will get better. Yeah. You think things are going to get better or like your person will come through and like swoop in for you at that last minute so you don't really leave. But then nothing really changes and nothing really gets better. But there were a couple times when I for sure was ready to leave. I was always saving money and I was always, you know, still auditioning during the day even though I wasn't really supposed to. Like I was always trying to like think about you know what's my backup plan and you know what's going to happen if I need to leave and if things get really bad I honestly think a lot of what kept me there during that time period was if I leave it's just letting those girls win yeah I mean there were there were lots of times that I was close to leaving I remember talking to my mom on the phone and crying and being like I just can't do it anymore and it was in my opinion at that time it was never anything to do with Hef or the mansion or Playboy all of that was amazing and great it was the other girls it was the drama with them I just couldn't there were times where I just felt like I can't keep doing this like I can't do this anymore yeah it was so taxing and so hard to just deal with that on a almost daily basis and I say almost because there were a couple of nights where I don't know how you want to call it like the mansion was dark (laughs) like where um 
there was nothing set up. And so we actually didn't have to see each other on a couple yeah. of nights out of the week. And those nights were like just so amazing. Yeah, exactly. And the house was big enough to where like everyone had their own room. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong though. Like there were times where I was scared to just even walk out my door that I might run into one of them and they might like be bitchy to me. Ew, I know the feeling. Like I just had that constant dread. Like, oh, I want to walk down to Mary's office. Oh, but I got to pass by like you know, four people's bedrooms yeah. to get there. And I just don't want to run into anybody. Well, what if I go down the other way and through the kitchen and up the back way? Like, like I would literally think about stuff like that just to not run into this horrible black clouds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so bad. On kind of a different topic, one of the questions I was asked is what was a typical day like for you before Girls Next Door started filming? And I know what you're going to say. There was no typical there day. But I felt like I kind of had a typical week. We definitely had a, a very rigid schedule that was always the yeah. same. I would say Sunday was fun in the sun, yes. pool party. And during the winter and the fall when it was too cold, we would always scrapbook on those days. Yeah. Because Hef would give us so many pictures that we decided we were going to scrapbook them all. So now, and I'm so glad I did because even to this day, I have like this insane record of my life where I've yeah. kept like every receipt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Sunday was either fun in the sun or scrapbooking. And I would say there was always like a day of the week where I would go to the salon because when you have that platinum white blonde hair you had to get it done every single week so you wouldn't have roots well Sundays too always ended in buffet dinner yeah. and a movie as well Monday we didn't have anything to do during the night we still had to be in by our nine o'clock curfew but that would be like salon day or whatever it was manly night for oh him. yeah he would he would have his friends over his guy friends and they would do like a dinner and a movie yeah Tuesday was family night. He would have his kids and his ex-wife over to watch a movie, which we'll get into it in a later episode, the whole dynamic of kids at the mansion. But that was like his one night of family time. We weren't supposed to be there, but we still had to be in by the nine o'clock curfew. And I would say during the day, that would probably be a day where I would be like auditioning or doing acting classes or getting new headshots taken or meeting with agents or something like that, which I wasn't really supposed to be doing, but I was hoping I could possibly land something big enough that I'd feel financially confident to move out if I wanted to. Yeah, I was definitely still doing auditions and things like that too and trying to like, and taking classes and and doing all kinds of things um, to try and occupy my time and also prepare myself for when I did leave the mansion so I wasn't just out and had no outside life whatsoever. Wednesday night was club night. We went out to a club and then there was always like the dreaded bedroom routine afterward. And I would say during that day of the week, I would probably be out shopping for clothes and I was a bargain shopper because I wanted to save as much money as I could so I would go to like and this is before like online shopping was really big so there wasn't much online so I would go to like my top three places were like either downtown garment district Melrose or the Beverly Center because I was just looking for like cute cheap clothes that I could wear out Mm -hmm. or I like to make a lot of clothes too or design costumes for the party so there'd be like a lot of sewing or like rhinestoning we would do that a lot we would get together and like be sewing or rhinestoning. Thursday night was another night that we didn't have anything go on, but we still had to be in by nine o'clock curfew. And then Friday and Saturday, Friday would be buffet, old movie, clubbing, dreaded bedroom routine. And then Saturday would be buffet dinner and a movie. And I would say, you know, for the rest of the week when it, when I wasn't like at the salon or looking for clothes or making clothes or auditioning. After I gave up on show business, that's when I started real estate school. Mm-hmm. But 
what else would I do? Like sometimes if I had a free day, like Ashley and I would go to Disneyland or you and I would go around and like look at haunted Hollywood locations or like go exploring or something like that. What else would you do like during a normal day? Well, for me, I would I would always be taking lots of classes. So I was taking um, broadcast journalism classes at UCLA Extension. And I was taking um, real estate classes as well online. I was doing Spanish and I was taking at the Beverly Hills Lingual We Institute. both were. I was taking French and you were taking Spanish at the same place. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually I switched to a tutor to the, at the house. And then um, I was taking paranormal investigating courses online. So we kept ourselves like, busy for sure. Yeah. We weren't like lazy bitches who were just sitting around by the pool, like get me another pina colada. Like we were definitely trying to work on like bettering our lives and like building some kind of outside life for ourselves if we were to need it. Yeah, because also, you know, the it was so hostile at the mansion and I was getting so frustrated with it that I really thought any day could be my last day. Yeah, or you could get kicked out if somebody like conspired against you. You never really knew. Yeah, it was walking on eggshells and I that's when I I think you brought this up in the first episode but that's when I was like trying to make plan B's and stuff I was like you know what I just what if I like went back home and started like a Halloween store or haunted houses or something like that like I I even mapped out like how exactly I wanted my haunted house to be Mm -hmm. and like I just had like a business plan going and everything and I was really thinking that eventually I was going to have to leave because it was just it didn't look like anything was going to change and things were just so bad yeah and 2003 was a long miserable year it was just like I look back on that year and nothing really exciting or cool happened like we weren't going on any trips there weren't like any cool like career opportunities it was just like this miserable drama with the girls and it didn't even seem like Hef was into half of those girls but we still had to put up with the BS so it was just like a weird long year and they, those really mean girls were there for maybe like two years, which doesn't seem like a long period of time, but your perception of time changes as you age. And we were really young. Like I was like 22, 23 then. So two years felt like five years. It felt like forever. It felt, I was just like, when are they going to leave? Like they're obviously so miserable. When are they going to leave? I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> there was one point where uh, Hef kind of was like, it was getting to a point where room three was becoming like just my room. Like they weren't yeah. putting extra guests in there anymore. And I still invited Stacy to come and stay with me. And But it was sort of like my room at one point. And I wanted to make some changes in there. There was like kind of carpet that was sort of nasty in there. Yeah. And I wanted to paint it and pink and like make it all cute and stuff. And Hef said I could. And so while it was being renovated the carpet pulled out oh and there was amazing hardwood floors underneath and I knew it oh my god the hardwood floors were so pretty I did that in the vanity area too like I begged have can we take out this gross nasty carpet and what he said to me was like this is how you know I'm serious about you I would never change that carpet and but I was kind of thinking it's kind of for your own good bro this carpet is nasty and unsanitary and the hardwood floor was just so beautiful and it went with all that wood carving in the room and yeah oh for sure. So it was probably after I saw you do that, I was like, hmm, is there hardwood floors yeah. underneath this carpet? And so Hank, who does all the maintenance at the house and stuff, I asked him and he was like, oh, absolutely there is. And I was like, then I went to heaven. I was like, is there any way we can take out the carpet and like do the hardwood floors and like paint the room pink? And and he agreed to it. So I was like super excited yeah. that he was okay with that. But while those renovations were being done, I had to go stay out in the guest house because all the rooms were full with all these yeah. bitchy girls. Yeah. And Uh, Let me tell you, I was so happy out there. I felt like 
I mean, I, in fact, I asked Hef, could I just stay out here? Really? I loved it so much. It was such a relief to be oh, just even that far away. Well, because nobody, I mean, I guess they could walk down there and eavesdrop if they wanted, but it would have been really out of their way. Yeah, and it, I probably would have, there's a good chance I would have known or heard uh-huh. somebody entering the guest house, you know? It was just so incredible. I felt like I could talk on the phone. I felt like I could walk out of the room and not like run into them. Like I just felt this incredible, incredible relief and it was such an amazing feeling and I I mean I just I, I asked him can I stay I just kind of want to stay out here and then you can have get bedroom three yeah. as like the guest room again and stuff and he was like thought that was absurd that I would ask for that oh, and no. I got denied and I was sort of even though I was like excited about this new bedroom I was like so bummed to come back into the house. That sucks. Yeah. And be like next to everybody again and just on eggshells again. Uh, so how did things change? How did everything turn around before Girls Next Door came along? That's what we're going to get into next week. We're going to get into Kendra moving in, how things, how the other girls got kicked out, yeah. all that stuff. So we will see you guys next week. Please leave us a five-star review. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening and thanks for all the love.